Greetings in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> I want to share a message uh, that I shared uh, over five years ago. Five and a quarter years ago, I shared this, this message, and uh, it, it won't come out exactly the same way, but uh, <clears throat> it's a, a message comparing the, the ark that Noah built with the church of today, with the church of Jesus Christ. Now, the thing of the ark, Noah's ark, is a big thing here in the United States nowadays because of that, uh, that ark that is now standing uh, in, uh, in Kentucky that Ken Ham and his men built. <clears throat> so I was talking to uh, a couple of you young men about it uh, recently, and uh, we mentioned about the fact that once upon a time I brought a message comparing the, the ark with the church, and I'm not sure how that came about, but we were talking about it. And, and one of you said, well, yeah, I, th I think I remember that a little bit. And the other one of you said, well, no, I, I don't remember that. And so, uh, so I said, well, maybe I should preach it again. <laughs> um, so, and then, uh, of course, those of you that were seven years old, uh, a little over five years ago, uh, and weren't listening very well, now today you're 12, and so uh, you can listen very well. You know. <laughs> Furthermore, uh, some of you might have been out of town that day, uh, like the one of you that said you don't remember it. And some of you weren't even li living in the area at that time, a uh, little, little over five years ago. And um, so, um, especially with the thing with the, with the ark being erected uh, there in Kentucky today, and it's, it's, you know, you hear about some in the news and you get newsletters about it and so forth and so on. People talk about it. Um, so for all those many reasons, I, I would like to share this message uh, this morning. <clears throat> um, what I would like to do, rather than turning to Genesis first, I would like to look at some various scriptures in the New Testament, first of all. Th that would be uh, kind of the, the comparison part. As we we uh, and, and then uh, <clears throat> or the the church the church part uh, the New Testament situation uh, the future situation and then with those in mind <clears throat> we will go back to Genesis then and look specifically at Noah's Ark and uh, <clears throat> and of course it'll be easy to compare then with with the New Testament church. So uh, I'm, I'm titling this, if you want to title, God's Plan and Place of Salvation. Now, for, first of all, just uh, maybe one of you tell us, or just, just put it in simple terms. When we use the word salvation, uh, you know, we use it for, for, you know, in the Christian setting, in the church, but it's a general word that's used in other situations. So what, so what does salvation mean in a general sense? Anyone? Be yeah, be saved from something, be rescued from something. So, so uh, Noah and his family and those animals that were in the ark received salvation from the, from the water. They sure did. They were rescued from drowning in the water by being in the ark. They received salvation. 
And of course, like I said, we, we, we use it today, you know, generally, or probably more so uh, in, the, in, the, in, in, a, in a Christian setting, meaning uh, uh, salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ and being saved from et- eternal hell. But it is used in some, some other ways sometimes also. <clears throat> well, um, but, but think of that. I said that in reference to the title, the plan and place of salvation. It's all under God's control. He planned salvation. Um, I wrote down these phrases. Maybe I'll just read them now before we look at these New Testament scriptures. As you think about the ark of Noah's day and the church of Jesus Christ today, and I'll say this, Sarah, but you you realize with me, the church, there is no other way to be saved. There is no other way to be saved except through Jesus Christ. And if you're a a born-again Christian, then, then you are part of the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, the church is the worldwide believers, but then the church is also is local bodies. We, you know, local bodies we call churches, but it, it's, it's the it's believers, it's the body of Christ. So, so God, so let me just mention these, these phrases that I wrote down to help us think about this. <clears throat> the plan was the ark. The plan is the church. The place was the ark. The place is the church. There was no other plan in Noah's day. There was no other plan. That was the only plan for salvation. There was no other plan. Today there is no other plan. There was no other place. The only place of salvation in those days was in that ark. The highest mountain couldn't save anybody. So there was no other place. Today, there is no other place other than the church of Jesus Christ for salvation. Let's turn now to some of these New Testament scriptures. Uh, I'll just take them right in order. We'll look at Matthew and then Hebrews and then uh, Peter's epistles. Matthew 24, first of all. <clears throat> Matthew 24. <clears throat> um, let me just read one verse, then I'll read a couple around it. But Matthew 24 Verse 37, Matthew 24, 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Okay? Jesus himself is making a comparison to the time of Noah and the present day. By the way, just so some of you younger ones especially don't stumble over this word Noah, uh, it is written as the regular Noah spelling in, in Hebrews and Peter, which we'll look at uh, soon. But here where Jesus was speaking uh, in the King James, we do have the word spelled this way, Noe. And I think the reason is this. Um, Jesus, um, they spoke in that day, we understand, uh, Arabic. And uh, translated more directly from the Arabic, uh, it would be this way. 
where the, the, the New Testament in general is translated from the Greek, uh, but translated from the, the words of Jesus being translated more directly from the Arabic, that's the way it would have been translated. And so when Jesus says it here in the Gospels, it is uh, uh, this spelling rather than the normal spelling of Noah. But look at verses um, 36 to 39. Verse 36, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. <clears throat> now I want to look at a couple other verses in this same chapter, but earlier. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'll, make a, I'll make a list and number them when we get back to the, to the Genesis account, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll comment on some of these things as we look at these New Testament uh, scriptures. Um, <clears throat> I want to look at verses uh, 8 to 13 right now, chapter 24 here, verse 8 to 13. I'm saying this, <clears throat> the ark was built with much toil and labor. If you don't believe it, just ask Ken Ham. We can't ask Noah. But the church, the church is built, you can say, with much toil and labor and conflict. Let's look at Matthew 24, verses 8 to 13. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be <coughs> offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Can you imagine the iniquity, and the Bible says it, the iniquity that was abounding all around Noah and his sons as they built that ark? But their love did not wax cold. That must be one of the saddest verses in the Bible, right there, verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. If it's happening anytime, it's happening today. Because iniquity is abounding and abounding and abounding. And the love of many, like Jesus said, is waxing cold. But Noah and his sons didn't. They were in the next verse. But he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved. Hebrews 11, just one verse in Hebrews 11, and many of you know what that verse is already if it's Hebrews 11, <coughs> that great faith chapter. <coughs> Hebrews 11 and verse 7. By faith, now you can preach a sermon from this verse, and I'll, I'll try not to <laughs> because I want to share some other things with you this morning. By faith, there it is. You know, we, we must comment right there. By faith, by faith, Noah. 
I mean, would you have built the ark on dry land when there was never, never such a thing as a flood before? By faith. By obedience. By righteousness. <coughs> he did what he did. By faith, Noah, being warned of God. Well, well who is God? I mean, why should I listen to God? You see, the, you see the kind of relationship Noah had with God? Wow. I mean, would you do that? Or would you be right here by faith? You. Believe God so much and had such a relationship with God that you did this, that you built an ark. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. I already said he didn't see a flood before. As things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Did he do this just because he was scared to death? No, I don't think so. I think he did this because, because he had a, a wonderful relationship with God. He walked with God. He believed God. He had faith in God. That's why I did it. We know what the word fear means in the Bible. It doesn't mean scared to death. It means a, a, a good relationship, a, a all, a belief in, appreciation for, moved with fear. Prepared an ark, and look what it did, to the saving of his house. And if, if he would have drowned with the rest of them, we wouldn't be here today. Uh, and so he set such a wonderful example to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness of which is by faith. First Peter chapter three. First Peter chapter three. Just read one verse in First Peter chapter three and verse twenty. Verse twenty, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. This is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20. The long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. I guess the, the one thing I'm pointing out in this verse is long-suffering. Long long-suffering. People stood there with their eyes for 120 years and watched Noah build that ark. But none of them came to faith. God waited for the flood for 120 years. That's the time approximately the ark was being built. That's long-suffering, if, if I would say so. And the Bible says so. Peter said so right here. Long-suffering. And God is doing the same thing today. I mean, the world is so wicked, and things are going downhill so fast. God is so long-suffering to just hold on for a while longer yet. 
When the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing. <clears throat> Turn over to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2, just one verse. That is verse 5. 2 Peter 2, 5. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. He was righteous. He was righteous because of his relationship with God. And that includes a lot, of course, but we don't have time to get into all the possibilities there. <clears throat> now, chapter 3, second, second Peter in chapter 3. <clears throat> second Peter chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I write unto you, in which both I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. And I'll stop right there and say this. We do not read in Genesis that they scoffed at Noah as he built the ark. I, I, I would assume that most of you would agree with me that probably they did scoff. And Peter is, is getting ready to go right to the flood in the next few verses here. And so I think he's making a comparison of the day. The present day compared to the, the flood of Noah's day. Now, if Ken Ham would be preaching that this boat, this ark in Kentucky is one day going to float, there would be Christians and non-Christians alike scoffing him. But he knows better than to do that because he knows it's not going to float. He would preach, if he's preaching anything, he would preach one day it's going to burn with the rest of the earth. But Noah was preaching that one day this, this vessel is going to float. And only, the only thing saved on this earth will be what's inside this ship. And they, I would assume they laughed him to scorn. And I think Peter's suggesting here that, that yes, likely he was scoffed too. Just like people today scoff us for our, for our beliefs. <laughs> verse 3, knowing this verse that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And so the people in Noah's day were saying, Noah, this thing will never float. I mean, we don't even know what the flood is. What is a flood? Anyway, describe the word. You know, there's no water around here. This thing can never float. <clears throat> and they said, things will just happen as they've always happened from the creation. Things won't change. Things haven't changed. Things won't change. 
So Noah, you're crazy. Scoffing him. They said, since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. That's what the sinners said. That's what the ungodly people said in Genesis. Verse 5, for this they willingly are ignorant of. Now, not only did Peter was not only saying that, was, Peter wasn't exactly actually saying that they said that in Jesus. Peter was saying that they're saying that today. <clears throat> in, when he was writing this. <clears throat> These same people then in verse 5 are willingly ignorant. For this they willingly are ignorant of. Ignorant of what? Ignorant of the fact that things did not always remain the same. The fact is God brought a flood to the earth and things did not remain the same as they were from creation. There was a great big change. It was called the worldwide flood. (laughs) But people won't believe that. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God. And how did this flood happen? It happened by the word of God. God simply spoke just like he spoke creation into being. He spoke and made the flood come. And one day, Peter say he's going to speak and burn up this earth. <laughs> For this they are willingly ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Verse 7, but the heavens and the earth which are now By that same word, the same word and power of God that called the flood to come in the same way, by the same word, he will do something else later. Verse 7. By the same word are kept in store and reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. He's probably saying two, two things there by that same word. By the same word, he will not allow flood to destroy the earth again. He said that back in Genesis. And by the same word, he will use fire to destroy the earth. The word of God. Uh, we could read all these verses I had down through 15, but I must move on quickly. Just look at long-suffering again in verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, and not willing that any (coughs) should perish, but that all come to repentance. And I believe if there were those that that would have repented and walked with God like Noah did, they could have been on the ark too. But apparently that was not the case. The door is still open today. God is long-suffering. And if you're not a part of the church, you can be. God is long-suffering. He's waiting for you and for others who need to repent. But the day of the Lord will come like the flood did come. Verse 10. Let me just 
continue to read verse 10. But the day the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. <coughs> Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? It's a long question here. Notice it ends with a question mark at the end of verse 12. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of the Lord, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found in him in peace, without spot and blameless. That's how Noah was, you see. That was Noah right there. An account that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. Don't play with God. I mean, we, we, salvation is now. It may not be tomorrow. Uh, but it's today. The long-suffering of God is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Okay, we must go to Genesis chapter 6 now. <clears throat> Genesis and chapter 6. It's important that we read this chapter, and then, you know, I can go through the, uh, the list of comparisons rather, rather quickly. Um, and, I mean, I've, I've, already, uh, I've already given you quite a few of the comparisons already, uh, not in a particular order. Uh, but uh, once I read the chapter here, I'll just go through them quickly, uh, try to do it quickly and, and number them. So if you're taking notes, you can, the, the numbers will be good for both you and me uh, together. Genesis chapter 6. <clears throat> and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they looked, took them wives of all which they chose. <clears throat> and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of men was great on the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart, at his heart. <clears throat> the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. I, I must just point this out if you haven't, I mean, maybe you have it underlined in your Bible already, but the characteristics of Noah. Found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was just. He was perfect. He walked with God. Wow. I mean, those words are so big and full. Those words say so much about Noah. 
Verse 10, And Noah bare three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And, Noah, and God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is coming to me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. <clears throat> and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. With lower second and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee I will establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thy son's wives with thee, and of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. And that's a, a mouthful right there, isn't it? Not that little last verse there that says so much about Noah. And let me read the first verse of the next chapter yet. Chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come, come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. That would have been a, a sad thing probably for God to say. The fact that for you are the only one that I see righteous. How sad. All these millions of people. And I have to say this. Come Noah. For you are the only one that I see righteous. Wow. God's plan of redemption as seen in Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark is certainly a type of the church. Number one, I'll list these and, and go through them uh, as quickly as I can. Uh, number one, the destruction was foretold by God. Uh, in verses, um, in chapter 6, um, verse 7, uh, verse 13, verse 17, it talks about destruction. It talks about uh, destroying uh, the people. Um, destroy in verse 7 and so forth. In, in verse 13 also in verse 17. 
So the destruction was foretold by God. It was foretold by God right then, and Noah could foretell that to his neighbors and friends for 120 years as he built the ark. The end of the world, the New Testament, the end of all things uh, as taught in the New Testament, uh, uh, the saints being taken from the earth and the sinners being destroyed, it's, it's foretold, it's told many times in the New Testament writings. We read it in Second Peter just now. We read it in Matthew 24 already just as some examples. Number two, how the ark and the church are alike. Well, the destruction <coughs> is because of sin. The destruction is because of sin. That's number two. In chapter 6 here of Genesis, God said that in verse 5, because of the wickedness, that's why I have to do this. He said it again in verse 12, because of the corruptness, that's why I have to do this. And um, we read in, in Matthew, the end of Matthew, the end of Luke. Uh, we read in 2 Peter 3 that we already read in, the destruction is because of ungodliness. Uh, ungodliness and sinners will be uh, destroyed, will be um, punished, um, Sin has to be dealt with. So the destruction number one is foretold by God and destruction number two is because of sin. Now, number three. <laughs> number three, the ark was built according to God's blueprint. And we can say in the same way, the church is according to God's blueprint. You cannot decide what the church consists of. You cannot decide how the church will be built. You cannot make your own decisions about the church. Those decisions are according to God's blueprint and not mine. The ark was built according to God's blueprint and not Noah's or his good carpenter buddy or something. <clears throat> So I have a number of points under number three here to, to talk about this, this blueprint for the ark. I'll say A, B, C, and so forth. A, one door. One door. There's one way into the church. There's one door into the church, and that is through Jesus Christ. And he, Christ repeated that time and time again in various ways. I, I am the door of the fold. I am the good shepherd. I, I am the door. I am the way you enter. Uh, um, <clears throat> I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. I am not a way. I am the way, the only way. It's one door, one way into the church as there is one door into the ark. B, <clears throat> there was a window around the top of the ark as described here that we already read in chapter 6. I won't read it again. Uh, a window, um, light from above. Light from above. You know, uh, God knew um, how the waves would slap up on the ark and so forth and how the ark might do this a few times and so forth. And uh, So he didn't put windows down 
too loud, but, but there, was, there was a window at the, near the very top, uh, light from above. Uh, you know, you could make various com uh, comparisons here. Um, Jesus, of course, is from above. I am from above, Jesus said in, in John 8. And in John 6, many times Jesus said, I came down, I came down from heaven, down from the Father, down from heaven. Um, light, of course, always comes from above. The sun is up, that's where the light comes from. Um, we, we think of, of, of sin and evil being down and, and light and good, uh, righteousness and good being up and so forth. C, the ark was made out of durable material. Durable material. God told Noah to make it out of gopher wood. Very specific. You know, do it this way. Use this kind of wood. Um, so it will be a safe ship. Durable uh, material. I'm just saying that um, the church is a safe place to be. In fact, the church is the only safe place to be when the end of this world comes. The church of Jesus Christ. Uh, the church is <clears throat> made, created by, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, the church is established by his blood and, and by faith in him. Uh, and that way we are righteous through, through faith in, in Jesus Christ. That, that's durable material. Letter D, the ark was pitched within and without with pitch. That's in verse 14. It's the only time, uh, now, now the, 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 the Hebrew word that pitch comes from uh, is, is kofer, not gopher, but kofer. It's another word. The only time it is translated pitch is right here in Genesis 6. Uh, it is translated many times in the Old Testament, atonement. You've heard that before. Atonement, or, or covered. And atonement means forgiveness by divine sacrifice. It's like pitch the ark within and without with atonement. You are forgiven, Noah and your family. You are forgiven. You are covered. You are wrapped. You are wrapped with the blood of Jesus. You are covered with atonement. You are covered in a divine way and therefore saved and safe. Pitch it within and without atonement. And then letter E, there was a place for each. A place for each. Um, and you see that I read that in the end of, of chapter 6. And uh, it's further explained in the beginning of chapter 7, the first few verses, and also verse 7 of, of chapter 7. But there was a place for everything that needed to be there. Uh, and um, there was certainly a place for the righteous ones, Noah and his family, and then there was a place for the animals that God wanted to, to be in there and the food that was necessary to be in there. It was a place of life. Outside of the ark was a place of death. Inside of the ark was a place of life. 
For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him. There's a place for whoever will believe in the church. We must move on. We've looked at one, two, three. Now we're at number four. Both the ark and, and the church are built in faith. Built in faith. Number five, I mentioned this one already, but built with hard toil and labor. It took hard toil and labor uh, for the ark to be built. And I read in Matthew chapter 24 uh, about uh, the suggestion of hard toil and labor as, as members of the church, persecution and so forth, scoffing against us and so forth. Number six, built amidst scoffers, among scoffers. Again, I, I told you already, we don't have recorded here in, in Genesis 6 or 7 that, that they scoffed Noah for doing that, but we can, I think, readily assume that that's what happened. And, and Peter, putting it right beside uh, the flood in his writing there in, in 2 Peter 3, he mentioned scoffers in that day. Uh, <coughs> saying, everything will remain the same as it's always been. And they even knew that there was a flood. There was a flood in their history books, and they knew it. But they would not believe it. And so naturally, there would have been people in Noah's day that said, Noah, there's never been a flood. We don't even know what a flood is. You're stupid for doing what you're doing. But he built it anyway. And there's people of our day that laugh at us for following the Bible and being... Bible-believing Christians amidst scoffers. Number seven, the long-suffering of God waited. We've talked about that already, and you could easily understand that. The long-suffering of God waited in the time of Noah as the ark was being built, and today before Jesus comes again. Number eight, the righteous were invited in by God. Invited in by God. And that's why I read verse, seven, uh, verse, verse 1 of chapter 7. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come. Come. Come, we're ready to go. Come, it's time for your salvation to be realized. Come, the flood is upon us. Come into the safety of the ark. Come. And Jesus says, Come. And Jesus says in the Gospels, come. And we have recorded in the Revelation, come. Come into the church. Come and be saved. <clears throat> Number nine. The entrance into the ark and to the church both is by faith and righteousness. By faith and righteousness. Not by our own righteousness, but by the righteousness of Jesus Christ through faith. <clears throat> If you were Noah, would you have got into the ark and allowed God to close the door behind you? When the land was dry, they hardly knew what rain was. That took a step of faith, did it not, for Noah to step into the ark? <coughs> Entrance by faith and righteousness. Number 10, God alone knew when this judgment would come. God alone 
Only God knew when the judgment would come. In that day and in this day. Number 11, God shut the door. It's what it says in chapter 7, verse 16. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded them. And the Lord shut him in. That seems rather final, does it not? And it was. At that point, the door was shut. The door was barred. The door was locked. Nobody outside could get in. There's coming a day in the life of the church when that will be true also. God shut the door. God will determine one day when I'll draw the line. It's too late. Blessed are the righteous. Enter into the joy of of the Lord. God will determine that. God shut the door. Number 12, it caused permanent separation. Permanent separation. In chapter 7 of Genesis, from verses 21 to 23, we have the word died two times. We have the word destroyed two times. There's four times in those three verses. Death. 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 This is it. Final. Death. When you're dead, you're dead, you know. Cause permanent separation. The dead separated from the living. The Bible teaches that that's what will happen in the final day. In this New Testament time. Permanent separation. Number 13. Few were saved. Few were saved. Um... And I'm going to quickly turn to Matthew chapter 7 just to show and remind us of a couple of things there. Matthew chapter 7, few were saved. <coughs> Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. 7, 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life, and few there be that find it. You know, if you struggle over some things of the world sometimes and you don't understand what's wrong with this or, you know, why this or, you know, why the Lord don't want you to do that and so forth and so on, maybe you could... Write these two verses on a piece of paper and stick them on your refrigerator for a while. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, and easy is the way, and popular is the way, and it's cool the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. For narrow or straight is the gate, and narrow the way. Yeah, sometimes we're so narrow-minded. I think this, this 
godly man is so narrow-minded sometimes. That's how we, we, we're tempted to think sometimes. Well, the Bible says it is. For straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. Only eight people were saved in Noah's day. Few were saved, and few will be saved. Number 14, <clears throat> there was universal destruction. We believe there was a worldwide, an earthwide flood. And according to what we've already read in 2 Peter, uh, the earth will be destroyed with fire. So universal destruction, that's number 14. And then last one, number 15, <clears throat> the only place of safety. The only place of safety was that ark. No other place of safety. Regardless of how people tried to be saved after God shut the door, it was impossible to be saved after that. The ark was the only place of safety, and the church will be the only place of safety. The church of Jesus Christ, the only place of safety in the last day. Maybe we may we be reminded of uh, by the ark. Yes, by the ark in Kentucky. May we be reminded. And by the ark in Genesis 6 and 7, may we be reminded by the ark of um, the church of today and how there are so many parallels there. Let's stand for closing prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, you are so gracious and uh, you, uh, you speak to us in a way that we can understand. We thank you for that. And uh, we have this history um, in print in our Bibles. We know of this history of the worldwide flood because of what we see on the face of the earth today, these many years later of uh, quick and sudden eruptions and quick and sudden destruction on the surface of this earth. And so we, uh, we understand the flood. We, uh, we understand the salvation of Noah and his family. We are challenged by Noah and his family to be ones that walk with you, that are right and perfect in your sight, that are ready to obey you, that have faith in you as the sovereign one. And so as we live in this day, this day of the church of Jesus Christ, may we, um, yes, make those parallels and those comparisons, that it would be upfront in our minds and fresh in our thinking, that we may be ready to meet you in that final day. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. <clears throat>